Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, Craig. Hey Jeff, we're back. Hello. I think we're on a pretty good to every other week cadence at this point. So yeah. this is what we're doing for now. Yeah, um, we're not. There's just not. I mean, like last last summer, we were like marveling, like, oh man, there's like there's stuff every week. We can totally do this all summer. And then like this year, it's been uh, <laughs> like, I mean, it's probably good that it's been you know sort of low key, but you know. Loki, uh, yeah, that just premiered uh, this week. Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah. I have not, yeah, I have not watched week, that yeah. yet. Also, yeah, have not watched the Falcon good. and the Winter Soldier. Also, have not watched WandaVision. So, so in yeah. order of, I would say watch WandaVision first. Okay, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is pretty good. It's basically just another Marvel movie, though. And then well, that sounds uh, awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, like Marvel but movies. I mean, I like them too. But it's they they kind of get formulaic, but. And then, sure. uh, uh, so far, Loki threw one episode pretty good. And right. this is uh, podcast versus Marvel. This is I mean, sorry, Marvel podcast talk. versus <laughs> podcast versus everyone. I'm Craig Powers. With me, as usual, I every time, every damn time, <laughs> is Jeff Newser. Always late. Here he is again. Yeah, had to throw that I know. in there. I know. Always. <laughs> Always late tonight. It was, uh, well, I, today was a very, very busy day and I went lots of different places to do lots of different things, culminating with, uh, putting a new, uh, exterior, a new handle on my exterior, my, my door, my front door. Uh, and then when I finally sat down on the couch, I was like, Oh, and then, and, and I was like, I, I don't want to move. I don't want to get up. And Atticus wanted to build Legos and watch Lego masters. And so I, I built Legos and watched Lego masters for about a half an hour. And yeah. So there you go. That's, that's why I was late tonight. We were building a black widow helicopter, by the way. Well, you need to teach Atticus about time management and uh, <laughs> scheduling. So that's probably true. Step up your game, Jeff. Come on. Um, yeah. Well, 
I, you know, we did it again. We just, uh, we had one topic in mind, but we just asked everyone to give us topics and y'all came through again on Twitter, our, our, our preferred social network medium. Um, so yeah, Jeff, I, I wanted to just get into those again. We kind of handpicked the first one, but we'll give them a shout out for asking it anyway. Um, so, uh, where where was it? Now I can't. Now it's not fine. It's it's in my mentions. You think I would be able to? Uh, you would you would think so. It. Uh, Devin Lewis would like us to De- talk about you. at Devin thank Lewis eighty nine would like us to talk about the uh, the CFP twelve team expansion. And wouldn't you know it? We were going to talk about it anyway. So great minds think alike. Um, yeah, and then he he also asks also relate will this now lead to paying players or solving the NIL problem for. The NCAA that they keep trying to ignore. Um, well, I'll just shortcut we'll to that. that one really quick. This will have nothing to do with that. Yeah, that's that's right. coming anyway. <laughs> yeah, that'll come, that that was that was already on its way. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I don't. This is just more money on the pile that they were yep. already getting. So for the schools, I, for the schools. So I don't yeah. think I don't think this this amount of money wouldn't push them. That that the big TV money that they were already getting wasn't going to push them to do anything. So. I think what's pushing them to do something is just the movement and and the the general uh, kind of idea that people more people are believing in this and and uh, it's just one of those things that will eventually come um, because the schools are and NCAA are realizing that they are looking like they are on the wrong side of it and so that's that's why it will come. Um, well, and I think the reality yeah. is too that the the NIL is going to exist well so see okay so in a roundabout way i think i think devin is uh devin is right that it actually is related to nil because like i i firmly believe that they are coming around on nil because they can see like like the ncaa has this ability to like like read the tea leaves a little bit i mean even though they're obviously slow to change and slow to make uh you know progress with with policy yeah, by design, exactly. Um, you know, I, I think they can see the writing on the wall that, like, eventually they're gonna have to pay these guys, and mm-hmm. like, 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 pay them as, as in employees pay them. Yep. Um, and so nil is just another mechanism to help them stave off that eventuality, to help them, you know, keep 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 the the eventuality that they will need to actually pay them, um, at arm's length for you know, again, an, an indeterminate amount of time. So, um, so will it now lead to the first half of his question was, will it now lead to paying players? I, you know, maybe someday. Uh, but I, again, I don't, I don't think it's so much the, the finances of this as much as it is just the, uh, uh, you know, people realizing what's, what's right and what's wrong and, and realizing that, you know, the, the way that college athletics has been set up forever, um, is just wrong and it, it's, it's, it's not really morally defensible. And so again, the, the NIL stuff, I think, I think the reason why the NCAA is willing to embrace it is because, you know, maybe if we give them this, then we won't have to pay them for a while. And, uh, and they're probably right. They're probably right about that. I, I don't know how long that is, but, but they're probably right that people will get off their back for a time if, uh, you know, if the NIL stuff comes along. So anyway, so there's that part so, of the question, but 12 teams. The college football playoff. Not yeah, eight. 12 teams. Not eight. We just went right up to 12. Yeah. Um, 
And I don't know, like, yeah, they, they, uh, they're going to vote on it next week. Uh, I mean, it's, I mean, it's it a seems like deal. it would, yeah, it's going to happen. It's a so, <laughs> they don't, so these things I, don't get out there unless it's a done deal. So, so I think, I think like the, the big thing is people are like, why do they go 12, not eight? And I think you can, the SEC is a big reason yeah. why they're at 12 yeah. and not eight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, cause if you looked at, if you're going to give any expansion means you're going to have auto bids for the major conferences. Right. So that, so if you just went, it went to eight, then you still have like, then the SEC is not, they're already getting two teams in possibly every year. And so right. this, they're, they're not getting any more chunk of the pie. Like they're, they're, they're maybe getting another team in those eight. So the SEC wants that opportunity to get three or four teams in. And uh, that's what, that's what this 12 team uh, lineup offers. So six conference champions and six at large bids. So uh, the six conference champions would be the five or I'm um, sorry, the, uh, the major conferences. And then, yeah, that's it. And then, and then what I, I can't, it, there's probably, I assume a group of five would have to win their conference just to qualify, but um, I guess they could lose one game and I mean, and not. yeah, yes and no. I mean, so the, the six auto bids is, is literally the six highest ranked conference champs. So if the power five is not one of the top six, then they would not get an automatic bid. So the example is this past season, the PAC 12 did not have one of the, uh, they were not among the top six, but that was all, I mean, that was, that was entirely COVID related, right? Because that had everything to do with the fact that they started the season late, which meant they weren't ranked when they started playing or, or at least weren't ranked very highly. Um, they only play, they played fewer games than most of the teams. I mean, it's just, it was sort of the perfect example of, of uh, pole momentum, right? Which is you win, you move up, you lose, you move down, you don't play, you don't move. Right. Well, you know, they, all these teams that, you know, like, you know, one more had basically same winning percentage, but maybe one more games, you know, they, were ranked higher because well of course they've won more games so it's uh in theory in theory one of the power five could be left out but uh in in every regular normal season except for you know last year obviously every regular normal season of the cfp uh it was the top five it was the power five champs plus plus one g5 whichever g5 was the highest ranked so mm-hmm. um yeah. So I I think this is one of those systems where I think I mean it's it's one of those rare things where I think kind of everybody got what they wanted. Um yeah. You know the the power the other power fives you know wanted some sort of semblance of a of a guarantee of getting in particularly the Pac-12, right? Like like that's obviously the elephant in the room is the Pac-12 is is the one conference that is woefully underperformed and that's simply because we don't have a Clemson or an Oklahoma right so like the ACC yep. and the Big 12 would be in our exact same spot if if they didn't have Clemson and Oklahoma right so okay so the Pac-12 gets their situation taken care of and then you know the the group of five you know the the I think the CFP is aware that they need to maintain some at least an appearance of of opportunity right and so they they kind of had to make sure g5 could get in so 
you know, UCF, you know, whatever, back in the day, they would have had an opportunity to play for the championship out of this model. So, so, you know, the G fives are, are pretty happy about that. And then, you know, in theory, you could get in more than one G five cause you've got, you know, the next six highest ranked, uh, teams, you know, so in theory, one of them could get in too. And, you know, and then you mentioned, you know, the SEC, the big 10, you know, same deal. Like they could, um, under this system, you know, they, they're like, Hmm, you know, we could get in three or four teams and, you know, there you go. I, I know that if the system had been in place, I think they would have averaged, uh, just, a, just a hair under three teams a year <laughs> under this model. Yeah. But the Pac-12, to be honest, looking at this model, though, and, and maybe this is, I think, the the thing that is really attractive about it, the Pac-12 under this model um, would have done probably better than, at least certainly better than I realized, in terms of just getting teams into the field. I think um, I think it was out of the six normal seasons, obviously last year was a whatever, but out of the six normal seasons, there was only one year where they would have only gotten one team in. Every other year they would have gotten at least two and there were a couple times they would have gotten three. So, you know, I, they wouldn't have had the highly ranked teams, but I think, um, you know, it goes to show that maybe the, you know, the Pac-12 would have had an opportunity to, um, you know, to to prove itself by getting some teams in the field and, and, and they wouldn't be, they might be at a disadvantage seating wise, but, you know, at least they'd be in the field. And as we saw from the NCAA tournament this year, you know, I mean, People sometimes people think your league sucks, and then your league really doesn't suck. So, yeah, and it, it so that twenty eighteen season um, is kind of what Coogs uh, talked about. And, and like, <laughs> yeah, and uh, one, so I see some people say that would have been like the Apple Cup loss would have been that much more devastating. It was already pretty devastating because it knocked us out of the uh, chance to go to the Rose Bowl, um, right? But but. Yeah, and it, and it knocked out any like chance of getting into the CFP. Uh, but yeah, I you know it was already you know that USC game is frustrating because they would have won the won the uh, Pac-12 North if if you know maybe someone got called for a targeting call that yeah. they most certainly did. Yeah. Um, and but. But yeah, even in that scenario, 2018, we were still mad about that because yeah. But now you'd be, they they would have went from probably a, a top four team, um, to still in the the CFP like a, a number eight or something, and you would have had Washington and WSU probably potentially in yeah. there. Um, uh, I I don't know, like I forget where Washington was. They kind of rose a lot after beating us and then winning the uh, Pac-12 championship. Yeah. So I don't. I, I, I'm not I'm not sure exactly if they would have still made it in or, or not, but I guess they still would have won the Pac-12 championship, but they still beat us at the end or whatever. But I don't. Um, but yeah, it, at the same time, maybe maybe uh, the committee is looking at these rankings differently. Yes. If it is for a tournament versus just for a bowl, where where you know they they want to put that team in there because. They like the matchup in a bowl game. One hundred percent agree with you. But but if but it but now it kind of changes it where it's not really about matchups. You're just trying to have you know the twelve best teams in there. So maybe WSU gets a harder look over Penn State in twenty eighteen if it's that instead of what it you know instead of for the Cotton Bowl or whatever it was. 
Yep. I, I 100% agree with you. Although there is still, there's still a lot of room for, for getting the matchups that you want. I, I'm sure we'll get some magical, uh, you know, see like ranking oh, sure. placement, like, Oh look, you know, Michigan and Notre Dame are playing or whatever. Like, you know, it's, um, I, I'm sure there will still be some of that, but, um, but yeah, at least it's I, I, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I, I think what is kind of in, in terms of the matchups, what, what kind of is most exciting is to finally see uh, these um, group of five, teams like uh you know like ucf and and memphis recently and and you know just like get in and get to play a a, a legitimate yes like stakes game yes. against someone so so there's no excuse for you know maybe when when utah beat alabama or when boise state beat oklahoma or whatever that, that oh they just didn't care that much about that when UCF beat uh, Auburn like maybe they just didn't care they didn't want to be there well you're not going to have that excuse in a playoff no one's not going right. to want to be there right. or whatever so it's going to be it's going to be fun to see uh you know a group of five team get in there and 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 uh kind of mess this it'll have more of that uh the the vibe of the of March Madness gets sometimes where you know some school from a smaller conference can beat the big team so um yeah so and that part i like uh and, and yeah. the opening rounds are hosted by the higher seeded team so which is very there cool. is a chance that a g5 school could be hosting a playoff game yeah like ucf would have hosted a playoff yep. game in 2018 yep. um that's the only one i'm seeing but that is still uh, but, the yeah. idea of it is still yeah. super cool it's just like I think yeah. the I think the thing that I like about this and um you know and PJ had a lot of really good criticisms for it um in 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 the thing that he wrote last weekend but um it, you know it was you know he was kind of talking about how like you know the extra games and the you know the mm -hmm. the the absolutely. exploitation and yes I I am absolutely aware of those things I I guess where the, my perspective is look we are going to have we're going to have a playoff, right? And so if we're going to have this system and if if we're going to do it, then I think I like this 12-team setup just just from the fact that it's it's about as it's it's more of a meritocracy than college football has probably ever been in its existence, right? Like um I mean, I remember when I, you know, when I was still working uh in journalism, you know, 20 years ago now, almost, um, you know, fresh out of college. And that was sort of right about the advent of the BCS, right? The, the or the bowl coalition or whatever they, yeah, they call it the bowl coalition. Right. And you, the goal was to get one versus two. And so, okay. Right. So you get one versus two and, but, uh, you know, where I was working at the time, I was working at cbssports.com and, and the guy I was working with was, um, a guy named Don Borst who used to work at the news tribune and, and worked at CBS sports. Now he's a middle school math teacher or, or something. We all, we all became teachers after we lost our jobs, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, his, his sort of thing. Now he, he was our manager. He ran the place, but, but his thing that he, you know, he did was, um, he was a college football writer before he did that. And he still loved 
doing the bowl matchups. And so he would sit there and he would work the phones all day long from about, I don't know, man, it was about mid-October when he started working the phones, like talking to bowl representatives and talking to conference people and talking to ADs. And I'd hear these conversations. He's like talking to everybody, trying to figure out who's going to which bowl because that was back when it was still like all backroom stuff right and people would just get you know people Mm -hmm. would end up in in this bowl or that bowl and people would get screwed out of things i mean this is before they'd be like okay after the the first place team you know goes the rose bowl but then after that it's like right so whoever you want yeah Yeah. like you know and before they put in those whole you know second choice third choice fourth choice things um so anyway it's just you know college football has a long history of, of super shady shit you know and and this is I mean, obviously, still, we, we've already pointed out it has the potential um, to be shady. But at the very least, um, y- you know, it, it has it, it's at least somewhat tied to merit. And, and I think that aspect is cool. Flaws aside, the fact that, you know, a team could potentially play 17 games, which <laughs> I think I think we all agree is is less than ideal. And I think, yeah, like um, my my solution is we should just we need to just do away with conference championship games like like that's that's yes. the thing that should go away. Uh, but of course, that's never going to happen because they make money. The conferences right? aren't giving those. Yeah. Enough. So, yeah. you know, in my mind, like, OK, the I, I think the playoff is good. Let's get if we're if we're worried about playing too many games, let's get rid of the stupid championship games. But um, which which really in, in a lot of ways don't serve a purpose now right with the way that it's that it's set up so anyway it's you know it has its flaws for sure the season is getting uh very very long um we've gone from 11 games to potentially 17 games or sorry 12 games to potentially 17 games over the course of like you know 20 years and that's that's pretty wild uh that's pretty wild to think about but i think all in all it's you know it's 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 a good setup if we're just talking about the fairness of competition and you know, I, I, I think that's pretty much all I can evaluate it on is, is the fairness of the competition. You know, the, re- the rest of it is, you know, to me, sort of a separate issue that, you know, we continue to to rail against with our little our little podcast. Yeah, it, you know, you know, it's funny is thinking about those conference championship games. And if like you have, say, you have like number 25 versus number 12 in your conference championship yeah. game. And, and you, you really need number 12 yep. to win. Like maybe there's two group of five teams sitting there at like sitting at like 10 and yep, 14. Absolutely. And you really need number 12 to win to get any team in there. And obviously the conference you're thinking of here is the pack 12, yep. you, because like none of the other conferences, like you can, I, I don't see Oklahoma being that far down. I don't see Clemson being that far down. Like, you know, these but things aren't it's, permanent, yeah, it's, but if, if, if it's ever felt like we have like five or, you know, maybe like five teams that don't seem like they're not going anywhere. It's like it, that never going to be outside the top 10. It's like Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state, Oklahoma, and, uh, um, well, you, you can probably throw Notre Dame in there too. And, and, um, uh, who am I? Yeah. Alabama, of course. No, did I already say Alabama? LSU. No, not even LSU anymore. So yeah, probably Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Notre Dame. Probably your five teams where they're probably always going to be in the top 10. Um, but Notre Dame's obviously not a conference. That, that's really interesting thing. What does Notre Dame think of this? Cause they, 
are always going to need an at-large bid. But now there's six, but that also means they have to finish in the top 12. Um, we've seen Notre Dame get ranked too high often uh, to get them into like some like big orange bowl or something. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Notre Dame is treated in this in this realm. Yeah, the it was funny. Notre Dame's AD was on the on the committee that came up with this. And so he was basically he sort of t- jokingly was like, "Hey, I don't want to hear any more about <laughs> favoritism for Notre Dame." Uh, cuz he was part of the group well, Yeah, yeah like he buys. was part of the group that decided, "Hey, yeah. they, they can't get a buy, right?" So um so yeah, that that part is good. You know, it's just I, I think if the Pac-12 is smart, I, I do love that. Notre yeah, Dame yeah, kick yeah. Like it's, it's you know, but hey, it's like, join it, join a conference if you want to, if you want to do that. But uh, I think if the Pac-12 is smart, they'll do away with divisions. Um, it, you know, because you, you do not, you know, to to sort of like riff off your point, you do not want to yeah. have, you know, a, a team that's ranked tenth, you know, pl- from the north playing a, an unranked team from the south and then potentially losing like that'll that could screw you right out of the whole thing and you just you, you want to try and avoid that like, so yeah you do the if, you, if you're going to keep the conference championship you do it like the big 12 does but even then it's it's probably dumb right like okay so let's say you got a team ranked seven and a team ranked nine right oh and you're gonna have them play each other yeah, you're probably knocking. You're probably one of your knocking teams a team out, out, right? So why are you going to do that? <laughs> you know, that doesn't make any sense. So anyway, I yeah, I, I, th- I think if they're if there's, we just need to have John Wilner do yeah, all the yeah. scheduling. <laughs> the case he for knows favoritism. How to set up? He he has the case for favor. He knows what teams are going to be good That's going right. into the season. So we got to make sure those. So teams we just got to let him make sure those teams yeah. get it. You know that you. You're playing the worst team. Like it'll just be like you're playing Arizona yeah. eight times. We're just gonna get yeah. you right on through. Yeah, make sure USC yeah. gets in that way. You know, make sure they make sure they're not playing any back to back road games ever. Oh, by the way, I saw a tweet from him. He screenshotted UCLA's two four seven page and said, "It's early. There's still six months to go, or whatever." But there's but USC is recruiting as it, but the USC is recruiting as it should. And I'm like, I mean, the language there is funny for him and it's expected from him. I would say you, you see USC recruiting as you'd expect them to, but I'm pretty sure like USC is recruiting as it should. Like they had like two five stars, like how, like USC hasn't been pulling multiple five stars lately. Like on, the only teams, Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State are the only programs yeah. that have been doing that. Yeah. So it, maybe Oregon sometimes, yeah. but, uh, um, but yeah, so it's just funny the way he, he, he is very kind of old school. He sees the, like the hierarchy of the conference and, and who should be treated well. And just, there should be no, like, whatever yeah. we could go on John forever. But anyways, um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I, I think I'll probably enjoy this come the twelve team tournament time. Um, I'll really enjoy it if WSU gets it. Well, this in. is I mean, this like, makes it at least possible, right? I mean, we were never, never, never yeah, gonna get WSU, into that four team like, field. Well yeah, we saw twenty eighteen, like twenty eighteen was our best chance, and they were sitting at ten and one with their only loss being on the road 
by three points. And they still were only number eight, and they weren't budging. Yeah, they, they stayed at number eight for multiple weeks Arizona. in a row, despite slaughtering Arizona, Arizona by, yeah. you know, 50 points or whatever. Yeah, and they were like, you know, Washington State beat Arizona by 50. Did, that didn't move the needle for you? And they were like, nah, not really. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> now, again, I think there's a chance that, uh, you know, if – they are focusing on more teams being part of the field that they take. I just think it was clear that they never, ever, ever, ever took us seriously. Right. Like that, that there was right. never, that there was never a thought that, okay, this team is in the same league with those teams. Right. And, and I, I think it's fairly well proven at this point that, um, that the the confirmation bias is really strong <laughs> with those people mm-hmm. and that uh you know if they think a team was good heading into the season then they are seeing all sorts of reasons why that team is actually good and if they thought a team was not good heading into the season then they are seeing all kinds of reasons why that team is actually not good and and it just sort of plays out that way i mean it's you know, you look year after year after year and we know that, look, we know that AP preseason polls are pretty good predictors of how good a team is going to be. And that's fine. I mean, I get that. But if you're trying to evaluate teams on their merit, uh, you know, you want to take a look at the evidence that you have. And, and it was just pretty clear that they were locked in on five or six teams and not really seriously considering anybody else. And, you know, that at least with this, you know, they'll, they'll be forced, they'll be forced to do that. I I think another side benefit is that, um, you know, what we've seen is a real concentration of talent with, with four or five programs, um, particularly the top three, right. With Alabama, Clemson and Ohio state sort of, you know, doing it over and over Mm -hmm. and over again. Um, and I think this has a real chance to, to spread that out a little bit because it, you know, it, it took a few years. If you go back and look at, um, you know, the CFP and it's early, you know, like first three years or so, um, it looked about what you'd expect it to look like different teams in and out each year. Um, and then it just sort of morphed into this, like Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state, Oklahoma thing, just over and over and over and over and over. And, um, you know, with maybe Notre Dame sprinkled in or, or LSU one year, you know, it's like, uh, you know, so it, it's just pretty clear that the players are going to the only places they think they can, you know, play on that stage. And so hopefully this will, will do that. And I think it'll probably take a couple of years before it really kicks in. Just like it took a couple of years before this current thing that we're in um, took over. But I think there's a good chance that talent maybe disperses a little bit. And because it's such a zero sum game, all it takes is, you know, a handful of players not going to Clemson, Ohio state, Alabama, and going instead to, you know, I don't know, USC or Texas or whatever, um, God forbid, Washington to, uh, to see, because it makes those schools a bit better, but it also at the same time makes those other schools a little worse. Right. So it's not like it's not like you're trying to close the gap just by yourself getting better. But if you pick up some of those players, that means Alabama doesn't have those players. Ohio State doesn't have those players. And they're they are, you know, theoretically not as good because the biggest thing with those schools is they're just so fucking deep. Like they just, you know, they have an injury. Oh, you know, let's bring on, you know, another five star quarterback. Let's bring on another five star defensive lineman like. You know, it's 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 insane their depth, and so if you take some of that away, you know maybe it levels the playing field a little bit. 
Yeah, I think there's. I have a couple more thoughts on this. One, I uh, I'm, I'm surprised. I, I I'm kind of scrolling through TJ's or yeah. PJ's article, and I'm and I and I kind of forget if he. Um, one thing I know he's always uh, he's mentioned is how like some of the semifinal games were pretty lopsided, um, f- pretty frequently. Although the one I went to was amazing. Uh, the yeah, Clemson Ohio State one uh, that I went yes. to in person, um, but. Uh, uh, but yeah, there have been some ones, but I think, I don't know, sometimes that's just, I don't know if that's more of a product, like if maybe that fourth team barely gets in, they get slaughtered by the number one team. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know, like I, I, you probably won't see that disparity between like eight and 12 and, uh, you know, or seven and 12 and, and eight and 11 and stuff. I, I don't, I don't think we'll probably get some good games so. in that. I, I really, I, I think, and then. I, I really like that they're I I think it'd be cool you know just on campus until the championship would be cool but but we have to worry about all these oh, traditional yeah. bowl games who are obviously get the and the one that is glaring oh, is yeah. the Rose Bowl the most the one that hangs on to its tradition more than any other and now they are they're still going to be like a semifinal sometimes sometimes a quarterfinal i, I guess. guess like it, that's that's how this yeah, is gonna work but the the pac-12 big 10 thing is out like that's done oh absolutely <laughs> that, that is, is toast. toast yeah that there is there 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 may be some year that it just happens and that will be the only thing yeah. people talk about well i imagine they'll <laughs> probably work something out where the higher seated team goes to some you know, so like if the Pac-12 team is the higher seeded team in in a quarterfinal matchup, and and the Rose Bowl is one of the quarterfinals, then the Pac-12 team probably will play in the Rose Bowl, right? I mean, it'll probably be something like that. I imagine yeah. is how they'll work yeah. that out. But um, yeah, it's gonna be you know, it's look tradition is is gonna go go the way of of the Buffalo, but it's like look, we've been on this path for thirty years, like that's and that's kind of the you know, as much as it sucks and we all go, yeah, you know, and like, you know, we were fortunate enough as a school to go to a couple of Rose Bowls, you know, fairly recently. Um, and they were great. Like I went to the one in 97 or 98, New Year's Day, 1998, you know, and it was it was special and it was electric. And there's no there's no way to replicate that. But, you know, I mean, once once we decided that, you know, we were going to try and figure out who the best team was. I mean, it, it was pretty inevitable that that it was going to you know, eventually go by the wayside. And the fact that it, you know, took 30 years for it to happen, I think is, you know, probably more of a, more, more of a testament to their power than anything else. Cause, um, any, any, any legitimate effort to, to crown a legitimate champion would have done away with, you know, the, the bowl system, you know, probably 20, 25 years ago, but. Yeah. It's kind of funny how the it, championship or, or nothing else matters has let its way into like american sports and like everything like you know you watch the wnba and like a player is worthless if they're not on a championship team and and like uh you know just te- like nothing can be enjoyed unless your team right. is the champion right. or whatever and and college football has kind of moved more and more that way and that's why we get you know we have to have a champion you know um like we you know we as like in basketball, we as like Gonzaga haters were like, "Oh, thank God they didn't win the championship." But we would 
definitely kill for WSU oh, to yeah. do that well in the NCAA tournament. Like, like we're like, haha, losers. But like Gonzaga fans are like heartbroken because yeah. they've been there already. They've already lost a national championship before. Um, but like we would just like be like, that's the greatest yeah. season we ever had. Um, but but now it's like so championship focused. Like it's not as bad in college basketball, I'll say, because it's just that's such a crapshoot yeah. of a tournament. So it's just it's 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 hard to just focus so much on that like but but yeah football you know and it it just seems like we're seahawks fans and i i just it's so hard to enjoy an 11 and 5 season anymore like which i would have killed for in like the 90s with this with the seahawks but like it's just like because it's so much it's all about super bowls it's the team who wins the super bowl and all that all the time now um, it's the quarterback. You're no good if you're winning a Super Bowl. The player is like no good. And and I, I said, I mentioned the NBA earlier. That's where it's the worst. Like because we see right. players just form teams around the league. Like it was wild. I, I was watching Brooklyn and Milwaukee tonight. And Milwaukee's kind of a classic team that I remember. Like you know, team with like a, a player they developed and and a couple players. You know, Middleton and. and Giannis, I don't even know how to say his last name. Giannis, like, they developed, you know, they, they drafted and developed those players. Those are the best players in their team. They've added a couple of guys here and there. But, like, those are their stars. And then you have the Nets, who who literally just bought a team. Like, they, they have Durant, and they have Harden, and they have Kyrie, who is hurt. But, but uh, you know, so it's, a, it's a, like, T- players just go places because winning that title is the only thing that matters. And we like, even like a player as great as LeBron gets kind of underappreciated because he's lost so many finals. Like you don't even look at how many like times he's went to the finals, like how deep, like how, how much of a grind the NBA playoffs are and how long, how many times he's went through that. Like, but like we just focus so much on titles and, so yeah, like it, we we saw. I remember in the '90s watching college football, and like more and more, there people get so mad that we we don't have the right team. We don't have the right team. It's like, well, we the, everyone only plays eleven games, and they play like every, like every other like none of them play each other. So like, how the hell are we supposed to figure that out? Yep. You know, like even when we look at systems like, um, like Bill Connolly's system, like even his stuff is like. It's it it's okay at predicting, but there's so it's such like there's not nearly as much data as there is in other sports because there's not very many right. games, and so it's it's harder to just look at that system and be like, oh well, they're better, so they deserve it. Um, so yeah, it's and then in college football now, you know, obviously we've decided who is the better team. So like UCF can go, you know, like twenty three games in a row or whatever, and we're still like, nah. You're you're not you're not allowed. At least they're going to be allowed now. But I'm just kind of ranting. I, I think, at this but point, I think but... that's I think you capture kind of the issue with the previous system, is that the focus was so much on playoff or nothing, and and that's some of that is American culture, like you said. But some of that is just ESPN, like what you are what you are told matters is what matters. Right. And like in that, that seeps yeah. into everything. I mean, look, you and I are fans of uh, like the NWSL and the WNBA. And it's like there's an appetite for women's sports like there's an appetite for it. But but, you know, 
different media outlets, you know, mostly ESPN because they are the, the gorilla, right? Like I've just decided, yeah, it's not that important. Right. Like, like there, like we, we believe what's important is what we are told is what's important. I mean, and you see this all in so many different ways. I mean, look, I mean, <laughs> the the whole, you know, fear over critical race theory right now and people going to school boards and saying, you can't teach critical race theory. And it's like, well, you don't know what that is. And also, uh, do you have any examples of us doing that? And they're like, well, that's not the point. Like, like it's this manufactured thing because there are certain news outlets that are just saying this is happening and saying it's important. It's not just that thing. I mean, it's, it happens all over the place. Right. And I mean, it's just an extension of, uh, sort of the gatekeeper notion, right? I mean, we were taught about that when I was in journalism school, like you are the gatekeepers, right? And so, you know, because ESPN has decided so much to emphasize the playoff and, and for good reason for them, right? I mean, this is their, they're paying, you know, however many billions of dollars for that property, right? They want as high of uh, ratings as humanly possible for those games. So of course they're going to promote the shit out of them, right? So, but the, the, the unintended consequence of that is that it creates this ethos where they are the, those, those three games are the only games that actually matter. And then the games, the only games, regular season games that matter are the ones that have an impact on those four teams. And, you know, people say it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, well this just further diminishes the regular season. I I say bullshit. This is going to make it better. Right. Cause now more, more teams are involved, you know, more, um, and some people look and go, well, that, that devalues the regular season because now, you know, like you don't have to be undefeated anymore to get in or whatever. It's like, well, yeah, but you know, now you have more teams whose regular seasons matter. And to me, that means the regular season matters more. Right. So I I think this could have sort of the opposite effect that, that some people are thinking. And then I think also, um, you know, you mentioned like, you know, we just have this way of not, um, enjoying things just to enjoy them. Right. Well, again, you know, this has the potential to, to maybe be a little bit like March madness where, you know, if, if you get in and you win a couple of games, all of a sudden it's like, Oh my God, like, you know, we may not win a championship, but you know, holy crap. I mean, look, we look, our fondest memory is a team that made it to the fucking sweet 16 in, in college basketball. Right. We're yeah. like, Oh my God, remember that team sweet 16. That was amazing. And we're like, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, there like, there are dozens of other schools around the country that laugh at the notion that your favorite team made it to the sweet 16. Right. Like, you know, but it's, it's, it's that, it's that, Hey, you know, it, you know, we knew we probably going to, we're going to win a national championship, but like, you know, the accomplishment of, you know, winning a couple games, including, you know, running over Notre Dame, like, you know, that we remember those things fondly. And and I think the 2018, same kind of deal, like, you know, let's say we had made it in, right. Figured out a way to make it in and let's say we, we make it in and then we lose in the first round, you know, but we're still like, yeah, but remember, remember that, remember we made it to the playoff, right? Like I, I just have a feeling that, um, you know, it, it's a way to maybe validate, uh, the thing and, and, and have more teams be relevant, have their seasons matter, um, and, and may, maybe be able to bring a little more joy without, you know, necessarily, um, you know, winning, winning at all. Right. You know, and maybe the same four teams end up playing in the semis in the final every year. I mean, maybe that's, maybe that continues to happen. Um, but I'd be willing to bet that, you know, we'll, we'll see some more, we'll see more rotation, with those four teams than, than we currently do just because, you know, upsets are going to happen. Things are going to happen. 
Um, and I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really fun to watch. Um, I agree with you that, you know, it'd be great to have the, um, have home sites up until the semis, but you know, the, the bulls, the bulls will never go for that. I mean, you're, if, if the Rose bowl, you know, I mean, basically you'd be left with what, what's the Rose bowl going to get like, you know, pack 12, three and big 10, four or something. Right. <laughs> like, I think that's, I think that's where we, where we'd be left. So. I don't see that happening, but, um, you know, like I said, I, I think, I think this, I think this pushes a lot of the right buttons and, um, and I, I think it's ultimately, you know, if competition is what matters, um, once you went to the playoff, once you went to a playoff, it, it was inevitable that it would get to this and, um, you know, yeah, we've seen, we've seen playoff creep in, in, uh, in, in a lot of sports, you know, MLB obviously. And, and I, I was getting you. You talked about you know your point of it makes it the regular season mean more to more teams. We've seen that in our lifetimes for Major League Baseball, where it used to be yeah. only the division yeah. winners in two divisions went to the went, went in two divisions, in two divisions, and then it was and then it was the only division winners in four divisions, and then it was and then they added the wild card, and now they have multiple wild cards. And and now and now it's like the Mariners are like only five games out of the playoffs. It like at, at some point in the season, you know. So it's like uh, all of a sudden, like it matters for more teams. I uh, one it, in in the Mariners situation, I, I think it encourages them to go on their path of mediocrity because you can always feel like you're in it. But 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 in college football, that's that's not really a thing. Like like it, the the that's. That's not good. No, no one decides to be like, you know, keep keep their payroll at a certain level or anything. But uh, um, so, yeah, I, I, I think it will be, you know, because if if like the Cougs are, you know, in October ranked 21st or something, you can think, hey, can we play our yeah, way into win a that few top more games? 12? Like, can we do that? There? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, it, you know, um I, I hope we're our programs out of place uh, to do that uh, at <laughs> yeah, some point in the nice. near future. Um, I, I think the great sadness is when they had the Pac-12 championship game uh, was on the campus sites and WSU was so bad. There yeah. was just no chance that ever was going to happen. And that always makes yep. me sad. I'm like, uh, but, but man, a Pullman, uh, a Pullman home game I'd like December 12th would be yes, amazing. Would. <laughs> Just like, like make, like, like UCF has to come to Pullman on December 12th. There's going to be some epically and bad guaranteed snow in that playoff. There's going to be oh, some yeah. serious, serious bad weather. Well, we see it in the FCS yeah. playoffs yeah. all the time. Like Montana, just, snow dumping yep. all the time um yeah yeah so i don't know yeah. it'll be cool wow we spent a lot of time on that but i think uh it we'll see man we'll just get yeah. used to it after a few yeah, years sure. honestly like <laughs> um we'll just accept it as we've always accepted all the things despite our um cognitive dissonance exactly. and whatever um so Let's let's take a quick break and then we will hit, we will hit all of these questions uh, that you guys rapid sent fire to us.
Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. And we're back. Rapid, rapid fire. fire. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah. Sure. No, we're uh, we're gonna we're gonna rapid fire. What do you? We're, we're gonna do it. Okay. We're gonna, sure. We're gonna do yeah. it. We're known for such things. <laughs> we're known for such things. Um, so, what do you? Let's rapid fire. What are you? Drinking? I am having. Uh, <laughs> I had a I had a head full of dynamite in the back of my fridge that's a couple months old at this point. Uh, so I'm having that. Very good. I don't know which one this is, 24, I don't know, 27, something like that. I don't know. It was it was canned in uh mid-April. So it's a couple months old. It's it's not it definitely tastes a couple months old. Um cuz the, you know, the hops are intended to be pretty intense on these things and uh definitely not what it was uh even a month ago. But still good. Still good. So yeah, I'm 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 on my second beer. Um, I I went to you know my went and visited family in, in my my hometown, my home area, the Yakima Valley, uh, last weekend, and I brought up brought back a couple of beers, um, a beer called Neon Icon from Valley Ooh. Brewing. Um, I've talked about them before. Uh, their slow motion potion. Um, I'll put that up with a a lot of hazies around the state but this particular one uh when we went my dad and i kind of we went to a couple of beer bars and then we went to uh, a valley uh to end the night and you know i was driving so i was just having like light stuff but uh, my dad had this beer and he said it was the best hazy he's ever had and uh and so we we asked him and they had two cans in the back so we each took a can and uh yeah it was pretty pretty good um honestly I got, i'm getting over a cold I still got science pressure. I, I don't think I'm at the peak um, beer tasting, but it was it was pretty. It was good. Um, I I don't think my my dad was far off. It was a very good hazy. Um, he he drinks a lot of bad ones too. But um, uh, but yeah. So it was. He he's got. It's funny. My dad like hated IPAs, wouldn't drink them, like a lot of people. But he loves the hazies, and I've seen that happen with a lot yeah. of people. Like they didn't like IPAs, but they love hazy IPAs, um, which kind of like. You know, it's why they warrant like a different style yep. altogether because they really are. Yeah. Um, uh, th- they're the same level of hopping, but the hops are used in a much different way and the body is different, whatever. Um, and then the next one I have is actually pretty interesting. It's from Varietal, another valley from in Sunnyside, another valley brewery. Yes. It's called Cone of Cold Wet Hop IPA. So, what the hell, a wet hop IPA this time of year? Um, it was used with frozen wet hops so they they picked fresh hops and then immediately like flash froze them and then they they brewed this on may 18th 2021 
Uh, so that is usually you brew your wet hot beers in late August, September. So that is uh, that's well after that, and not even during. That's not even during the. I guess it might be during the the um, New uh, like New Zealand season, but I don't think so. Um, so Citra, it's a uh, Citra and Simcoe, pretty tasty. It's a hazy one, um, and uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, I, I have a couple more. Hopefully, I'll get to drink one when my uh, nose isn't all annoying and, and kind of stuffed up and I can get the full experience. But overall, um, it's a lot nicer going back to drinking beer when I go back to Yakima uh, these days because there's a lot more good breweries and good places to drink beer. And hey, we drank beer at places, which was also yes. pretty fun, um, which my, my dad and I haven't done in a while. So that was yeah. pretty cool. So, yeah, um, let's 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 get let's get back to these okay. questions. Uh, we, we have do. a lot of them. Um, you want me to start? So, I, I, yeah, you okay. start, and then I'll and then I'll. Go All right. The next so one. Uh, this one's not really a question, but more of a of a statement. This is from uh, at Rick D Flores, banned in the crim zone! Exclamation point five five exclamation points. So the apparently the the band has been moved to the end zone. Somewhere, Jeff O'Neill rejoices. Yeah. <laughs> yes and he, I mean, he of hashtag moved it, the band. i mean we yes uh a victory for <laughs> jeff uh because well and in his fair like i never really noticed because i sit on the other side of the stadium right but so you can hear if him. you sat on the student side of the yeah. stadium you could not hear the band because they are playing away from you um which would be frustrating and severely diminish yeah. the experience of going to a college Absolutely. football game um so yeah totally understand um very good decision yep. wsu absolutely um, you weren't making any money on those seats anyway um yeah the, i don't think they had that that crimson didn't have like the home crowd impact also like the student like the band of students too they get rowdy yes. you can have them like it's fine like you still have students Absolutely. down there Absolutely. so that'll be cool um Everyone be able will be able to hear the fight song again, um, so that will be great. And might be and able Jaws to clap and, and sing actually um, on beat, like that mm-hmm. part will be cool. Maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good job, good decision. Move the band, yay! They also what, now we got to get now we got to find Jeff O'Neill and new <laughs> topics. Something else to get excited about. They do seem to have shrunk the student section just a tiny bit too. Uh, yeah, that might have been. I don't Those like, things I don't may know. have gone like, hand in hand, but yeah. Well, they they uh, they took away uh, some like they they made uh, the bottom of the section because there was before there was like part of the student section would be up against the rail, but a, but the next section above them right, would be season right. tickets. It was kind of a weird like little. So overlap. now they've just taken they they've taken that part away and moved the season tickets down, which kind of makes yes. more sense, but. I agree. Uh, I, I listen. It was, it was weird that they I, were I'm doing. an ardent defender of the student section, just like anybody I I think who who attended games in that student section. But I think we also could agree that the student section could shrink a little bit, and that that would be okay. Um, given given the yes. you know just the, the empty corners that are often there, um, 
And you know, to be honest, I mean, it, it would not be the worst thing in the world if, if those tickets were at least not really tickets because they're, you know, you buy the pass, but it's like, if it was maybe just a little harder to get into the game, you know, maybe just a little harder to find a seat, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like, I think that would be okay. I mean, not, not to the extent of, you know, what, what other schools do. Um, but you know, cause, cause I mean, a huge part of our advantage is, you know, big, loud, rowdy, rowdy student section, but I, you know, I, I think that it's okay if, uh, if maybe it's, it's a little harder to, to get into the game and it's maybe not quite, you know, roll in halfway through the first quarter and find a decent seat. So I, I think I'd be, I think I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't complain if it was even a little bit smaller. So yeah. Next question. Um, so that that's that that's our rapid fire move the yes. band. We decided to talk about the should get sued section. Whatever. Um, so next question. Uh, I'm just looking at my mentions. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to stick it with football because we've already talked football. So we'll just keep that going. Um, if you were to attend, and I we we saw this from uh, Brad Bradley Logan, Brad the Coog, and uh, Rochelle Rosnitz at Shell Roz, uh, both asking what would be the one. WSU football away game this fall, which would it be and why? One, I want to say, Brad and Rochelle, why didn't you invite me? I, I was not invited <laughs> to this. Um, so I'm my my yeah. heart is broken. Um, you're very clearly planning something. You're asking for my recommendation, but you did not invite me to it. Whatever. Feeling um, a little left out. You know, I'll, I'll yeah. get over it. Uh, I, I'm feeling a little bit left out, you know. Uh, but yeah, looking at, looking at it, it's, it's not the best no. of years that was the first for, thing i thought when i looked uh, away at it. choices yep. so we have we don't have many Only uh, five. we have salt lake city salt lake city berkeley tempe eugene and seattle seattle nope not going not <laughs> yeah. going to the apple, apple cups, cups off that. the list so now we're down to four choices um, i haven't been to um a Tempe game, but I've heard that is a blast. I've heard that Mill Mill Ave, Mill Street, whatever it's called, is super fun. Um, so, and you're gonna have good weather at the end of October. It'll be Halloween. Uh, that could be. I'm I'm thinking I'm pretty leaning pretty hard on uh, Tempe on Halloween's Eve. Yeah, as my my choice. I think because you don't want to go. You don't want to go watch a game at Cal. Like that's okay, hold on. Suck. Because that was maybe going to be my choice. I mean, are you talking about the road trip? Or are you talking about like oh, the, ga- the game? I mean, is the game is just whatever. Just you know, it's gonna. You know, that game is gonna be full of bullshit. But, but Cal is a fun trip. Like that. Like Berkeley's great. Um, Cal fans are awesome. Like they are the. They are legitimately like. Uh, it's a pretty easy. Well, it's, probably, it's yes. pretty easy trip too. There's a lot of airports. Bart, you can ride there. the Bart you know, to, to get out to Berkeley. Um, and then just, you know, Berkeley's very, you know, walkable city, you know, you walk up to the stadium, um, you know, it's the stadium sort of, you know, nestled in the hillside, um, you know, right in the middle of, you know, it's kind of walking up through campus. Um, and like I said, you know, Cal fans, I mean, part of this is just that I've, I've developed, I mean, not really relationships, probably too strong a word, but like, uh, acquaintances, like, like long, long range friendships, kind of with some Cal fans. Um, they just, they're just like cool people. Um, for whatever reason, like I've just sort of like 
connected with some with some Cal fans. Uh, Nick Krantz, uh, a bunch of guys, the guys who used to do California Golden Blogs, who now do Write for Cal. Um, you know, like Nick Krantz is one of those guys. Uh, Matthew Talbot, you know, Twist and Hook. Um, he's one of those guys. Uh, you know, Avi. Like, like they're just they, they're just a bunch of dudes, and and they're great. And so, um, I've always enjoyed my interactions with them, and, and I think it would be super fun to go to Cal and meet up with some of those guys and and just and sort of enjoy berkeley and then watch my team lose in some spectacularly bullshit kind of way um it'd be fun for everybody involved so that'd be my choice you got rare barrel if you if you like um the enamel of your teeth being uh shaved clean off rare barrel makes uh some great sours uh, field work brewing in, in Berkeley nice. as well, so you could hit those up. Um, yeah, uh, I, otherwise, like yeah, I, Salt Lake City. I mean, I like going to like Utah is a beautiful yeah. place, um, but yeah. you're not going to be like going to national parks before you go I don't to a think football so. game. So um, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Um, Eugene, you can go to Eugene. <laughs> we can just drive to Eugene on a weekend um, if we want to. Yeah, and I, I and yeah. I don't really I don't want to. Like and Eugene, Eugene, by the way, Eugene's perfectly nice. Like it's like it's it's a lovely yeah. place. Well, well, the thing Eugene is weird because you are going to drive there, but it's also a super yes. long drive, and then you have Pullman, and it's November thirteenth. Yes. Like no. it's it's, it's going to be rainy be and cold. Super fun drive. It's going to be rainy and cold. I will say the one, the one downside to the Berkeley game is that, like, I, I guess well, I guess you gotta you get a week off from traveling because if if you're going to every home game, let's say. You got three straight Pullman games, which yes. is rough. Um, at least it's not five yes. straight like the one year. Um, and then, then they have a road game, Utah, California, and then you have three homecoming more home right games. after against Oregon <laughs> State. Three more home games. So if you go to Cal, you're doing a trip that weekend, then you have three more trips to Pullman again. And I know that Brad for sure is going to be going to all those Pullman ones. So, but I also know that you probably, you, you, Brad or Rochelle, you probably don't care if you've committed all your weekends to Cougar football in the fall. So, um, you're probably coming away all right there. Personally, like, I'm, so I have to, I'm missing the October 9th game because, uh, Amanda's brother is getting married that day. Um, so I, I have to miss that. My daughter is the flower girl. Um, I get to stay in a tree house, Aww. so whatever, that'll be fun. Um, uh, like in Fall City, the tree houses, whatever. Uh, but, but so that'll be a cool experience, but I will miss the Oregon State game, which is kind of a bummer, because uh, it seems like we always play Oregon State pretty well. Seems like homecoming. it. But, um, uh, and then, uh, yeah, so, uh, I, yeah, you're right at Berkeley, but I think, I think I'm going Tempe. Well, Tempe's just on the other side of that, though. Like it's you're just like you're you're going. Yeah, are you going to have anything Pullman, left Tempe, in the tank Berkeley at that Pullman. point? That's that's <laughs> that's a fair point. I think I just think I think Berkeley on an early October weekend is going to be hard to beat. It's going to be but, gorgeous. It's going to be about eighty and come sunny. On. The 
the college with 90,000 students on campus yeah. on Halloween. I'm too old for that shit, man. That could be a sight too- to behold. That just just sitting just sitting like just looking around. I'll be in bed before that at, even at- starts. <laughs> Why would you go on a football trip and then go to bed? <laughs> What kind of vacations I'm, I'm do you old, go man. on, Nooser? I'm Come old. On. I can't. I, I need. I need my rest, dude. I need my sleep. Well, then just stay home. <laughs> Ball see. That's that's what I did. Yeah. No. Okay. I th- I think either one of those is. I think either one of those is a good answer. Uh, let's see. Okay. So you got you got two options of yeah. the five. We get we narrowed yeah, it down. Yeah, the other three suck. I mean, let's just be real. Um, um, okay. So here's another one. Let's switch to basketball. Uh, Ollie McClellan at Ollie McClellan, our favorite uh, Canadian, says, should we fight Lunardi for making us last team out and putting Syracuse in? Furthermore, brass knuckles or bare knuckles? So, of course, it's Syracuse. It has like Syracuse. If they're on the bubble, they're in. Okay. By by the way, we we should tell people that Joe Lunardi did an updated preseason bracket today. And Washington State is the first team out of his field. And Syracuse is the last team in. So continue your rant against Syracuse. So, yeah, Syracuse always gets in when no one thinks they're going to get in. They get in. And and with the way they play, it you just don't know. Like, they could be so damn annoying. They're the hardest team. They're without a doubt to me, the hardest team to pick when you're doing your brackets and stuff because they very well could just get rain threes on in their first game, lose by 30, and they're done. And everyone's like, why did why was Syracuse even in? But what they also do sometimes is they upset like three teams because apparently those teams have never seen a zone defense before and they just don't know what to do. And Syracuse walks the ball up the court and then just plays a zone on the other end. And then they have the same I, – I, I, I don't know if they have a cloning factory for these, like, white shooting guards that always, like, get hot in March and make, like, 10 threes a game. I don't know. Like, they're just, like they, – they breed them in, in, like, the bowels of the arena. I, I, I don't know. But, but, like, Syracuse is just so goddamn yep. annoying and – and, and 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 of course it would be Syracuse that you it like I think like if I'm Lenardi and I'm looking WAC or Syracuse I'm thinking what the 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 um what 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 the what the the tur- the committee would always do they would they would pick Syracuse over over WSU if if he's down two now that would be heartbreaking if we were the first team out that number one seed in the in the NIT I really hope that doesn't happen. But uh, but yeah, if we're, we we can fight yeah. Lenardi, um, and I'm gonna go brass knuckles because I don't want to break my little I, knuckles. I don't want to do that. Joe Lenardi seems too nice for that though. Like like he really, I don't know, man. I mean, maybe like so if we're talking about bracketologists, I could fight. I mean Jerry Palm, I could fight Jerry Palm. I'd be I'd be I'd be down with that. He's a little he's a little smug, you know. Joe Lenardi's just like he's just smiling. He's this happy Italian guy. Like he's just, you know, he's he's kind of a fun guy. 
you know, and, and I think he takes like, by the way, just as a side note, I think he takes the bracket about as seriously, his bracket predictions about as seriously as they should be taken, which is not that seriously. Like he is trying to do a good job, but also like he recognizes that the whole point is to have fun. So, so I love that. I'm just like, honestly, I'm just excited that we're in that conversation already that we're even on that radar already that like we're, we're, we're in that. Yeah, it's, it's not yeah, just I mean, us. I'm not even like, I'm not even mad that we're the first, one of his first ones out. Like, I'm like, I'm like, that's fantastic. Like, we're already on that radar. That is awesome. So I, I, I have, I have the opposite viewpoint that I am. I, yes, it sucks that it's Syracuse and whatever, like Syracuse gets the benefit of the doubt and, you know, screw Syracuse and all that stuff. But, but like, how cool is this? Right. I mean, we keep saying that, but you know, super, super cool that, um, you know, this keeps happening. So next question. So I'm really looking at the second question. We'll keep basketball because we already answered the first one. This is from Keith at in my car, two, four, seven. Uh, do you expect a full Martin stadium in the fall? We already talked yep. about that last week. Yes, we do. Yes. Both of us were uh, a yes on that. Um, so if you want to, if you want to hear us talk more about that, just listen to last week or last episode. Um, so the other one is which WSU assistant, basketball coach would you expect to get plucked for a coaching job after a successful season this year uh so my my so the guy who really deserves is jim shaw um so that's the that's that's the number one assistant um i i think his i think he got a new title right like associate head coach or something like that yeah he's associate head coach Um, he's a guy who long long you know long time uh assistant and then ran his own division two program down in oregon at his i think it's western oregon right um which was his alma mater yeah. and was wildly successful there. The dude can flat coach. And, you know, we hear things, uh, you know, just, just about the, the stuff that he does and the influence he has on the program. Um, the dude is just a really incredible coach. And so I, I, you know, I would love it, love it. If he got a chance to run his own, you know, division one program. Um, I think he deserves it. I think he would be awesome. And, and so that, that is my, that's, that's my vote because I don't, I don't know that either of the other two guys, either Andershek or Phelps, um, I just don't see either one of them being, you know, super hot commodity after a really successful season. Um, and not that both of them aren't awesome. I think both of them are awesome. Uh, but you know, I'm just not sure that, you know, I, I guess I would say this, like, you know, with what Kyle Smith has done the first two years, his name still isn't really being bandied about for jobs. So if his name isn't being bandied about for jobs, then assistants, probably not either you know if people are like oh we really want some of that wsu juice well they're probably going to come for kyle smith first right so i i don't i don't know that um i don't know that there's you know either phelps or andershack i just think shaw you know is such an experienced coach with a long long track record um i think that's a guy who could who could end up you know sliding out and and uh taking over a taking over a division one program and i think he'd i think he'd do amazing like i think uh I think that'd be super awesome for him. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, I, I was going to say the same point where if we have a successful season, it's not going to be the assistants that people are looking at. Like, yep. it's not not going to be who they're looking at. They're going to be looking at Kyle Smith. Um, uh, and, and yeah, so 
but yeah, I my my vote was also going to be Jim Shaw as well because because uh, the experience. Uh, we know that um, Andershek has showed up on um, kind of like top young coaches um, lists and stuff like that. So I, I think he's on the radar yep. for people, um, but uh, he's only been he has three years now of uh, assistant like full time assistant coach experience. Um, so I, you know, uh, he's, we know he's yep. talented and works his butt off and, and is kind of has unique skills that a lot of coaches don't have. Um, so I fully expect him to inevitably, uh, be a head coach, but maybe not after next yeah. season. Right. So maybe, um, I mean, maybe someone uh, like gets, wants to go way outside the box with him. Cause he's, he's developing quite the reputation as a recruiter, right. Particularly with the international guys. Um, you know, mm-hmm. analytic minded dude, you know, so I don't know, maybe some, you know, maybe, you know, he's from back East. So maybe some school in the Patriot league or the, or the Mac, the Mac, you know, or something like that, or the Miac decides, you know, Hey, we, we want to, you know, we want to go way outside the box and hire, you know, this young guy who has, you know, unique ways of, you know, analyzing the game and recruiting. And um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe somebody does, but it would take, I don't know, man. It would take a pretty, a pretty bold AD who really has nothing to lose to, to, and, and maybe someone who is, you know, connected to Kyle Smith in some way. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I, maybe that connection is out there, but, um, I don't know. I'd have a hard time. I'd have a hard time seeing that, but if it did, we'd be, we'd be, we'd be yeah. the first ones to celebrate. So. Or, or maybe maybe Columbia sours on Jim Angles and uh, they want to bring they want to bring John maybe. home. I don't maybe. know. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. No, just they're all gonna stay forever. and it's gonna be great. No one's gonna forever. leave forever. Yeah. forever, forever. They all yep. love it. They all love yep. it here. Forever. Everyone wants to be in Pullman for um, the rest of their life. Yeah, everyone wants to be an assistant yeah. coach in Pullman for yeah. the rest of their life. That's All right. Um, but but again, I, I think the overall arching yes. point here is that if we have a good season yes. this year, it's going to be yes. Kyle that people are going after, not yes. any of the other So related so, question, by the way, um, from at WCBrady27. Can we, will we just roll the Ernie money into keeping Smith around in the future? Basically <laughs> double his salary after his crazy talent turnaround the last couple of years. Um, I mean, I like the way you think. I, I like I like that. I like that train of thought. You know, um, like, hey, that, that's like that's like when you're at a business, like like your department has a budget. Yeah. And if you don't spend the budget like that year, you're, you're afraid that they're going to cut your budget the next year. Right. So you just spend the money regardless of what it is because <laughs> you want the same amount. So yeah. I see what you're saying, Kyle Smith for president at WSU Brady 27, by the way, congrats on getting married, dude. Um, so I, I see what you're saying, uh, about that because like that 1.4 million we're paying to Ernie comes off the books. We got to spend it again. We're going to take it away. We got to keep, keep spending it. So spend it on Kyle. Um, but, but seriously, before the, uh, pandemic, it'd be like, hell yeah, give, give him, give him that cash. I definitely think he's going to get that you're going to see him if, if WCS success this year, 
He's definitely yes. going to get a raise. Yes. Like I, there's yes. no doubt in I my agree. mind and they'll probably have to give I him agree. a raise. Um, yeah. So I think he'll be, but I think it'll be more up to like the 1.8 to yeah. two. I think you'll see more than like the 2.8. Some of it goes, <laughs> some of it goes Kyle's direction. And then some of it goes towards this little, you know, pesky debt service and all that stuff. So I, I think that's probably how yeah. it goes. But hopefully, you know, Hopefully we can, um, you know, the expectation around the season and the hope that we can have these full arenas again, because we're seeing that in NBA playoffs and stuff. So I, I don't, you know, unless this thing comes back in a new and, and terrifying fashion, like, but that, like, if we have the full arenas, they're be making more revenue from the basketball program again, just from this expectation. I, I think they're probably, they're probably going to sell more tickets. Um, so, uh, you know, hopefully we, we have that going. So there's, there's justification, um, you know, to, to give a raise and, and keep him around. Um, yep. so, but yeah, I, I like your idea of, Hey, we were already paid t- basically $2.8 million for the basketball coach yep. position. Let's just yeah. keep doing that. We'll just keep rolling it. I'm sure, you know, th- the one person that loves that idea more than anybody is Kyle Smith. Like he would absolutely appreciate <laughs> he'd be okay that. With that. Um, I, yeah, I think he'd be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Um, um, uh, let's see. Uh, let's just go right to the next one from WSU Brady. Ask another one. Uh, this is the hardest yeah. one. Um, popular idea for athletics to raise revenue is officially licensed products. Example, an officially licensed beer. I don't think any uh athletic program has done an officially licensed beer but that could be something but what what would or should the name of the officially licensed wsu beer be? okay so I, i've given this a little bit of thought i have a follow-up question who should make yeah. the beer who should make well that's i mean that's got to be like i mean paradise I was gonna say, creek, it's got to be I paradise guess, but creek, they don't right? have like i think but paradise creek doesn't have like i think it would yeah have i was gonna like say no it also could be like no lie. the production yep, capacity yep. they got to be able to make enough of it to uh to get us excited about it. And, and no lie is of so, course run by a bunch yeah. of coogs. So that part's great. Um, yep. let's see. I, so, okay. So my first thought is that it, we need to talk about the kind of beer, right? So, so let's start yeah. with style. So the style to me has to be a, a drinkable tailgate beer, right? So we're, we're talking a lager, lager. a Pilsner, something like that. Right. It, it, you're with me on that, yeah? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So, lager or Pilsner? But I will say, lagers take longer to okay. make and it cost more okay. money to make because they take longer to make. Did not make. know that. Um, so, uh, yeah, they take a couple weeks longer to ferment. Uh, so, they, are, they do cost a little more money. They require fermenting at cold temperatures. Ah. So, uh, you can't just ferment them at room okay. temperatures. Um, so that's why that's why it's taken a while for craft breweries to really get on the lager train because they are you don't see a lot of brand new craft breweries uh, do lagers because they're just expensive. And uh, but yeah, I I think ideally yes, it would be a lager because so you can down it. But if not, I think they probably would do like a pale yes. ale. Uh, hoppy beers are very popular now and, and like, but you don't want to go a full right. IPA cause you don't want to have it to be like yeah. 7%, maybe like a, a nice 5% yep. pale ale. I like, 
what what you often see is uh, kind of WSU breweries where like they're trying to um, uh, make a WSU beer. It's always a crimson something, and then it's a red beer, which like no no one wants. Like hardly anyone wants a red ale. Well, even if you did, you did. You don't want to drink three or four or five of those at a tailgate. Like that's that's just like drinking syrup for a couple of hours. So. A red ale, like a five percent. I'm just talking like just the sweetness and color. You know, they tend to have the more caramely flavor profile, and maybe that's just me because I'm not I'm not into like those sweet flavor profiles. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, But yeah, yeah. So I, I I don't know. Like I guess everyone wants to put crimson. I saw Hen- at Hindu Machu said Crimson Despair. That's pretty cynical, <laughs> my man. Um, coming from a very yeah. cynical person. <laughs> I don't think that no. would sell that well. Uh, I think like if it's officially licensed, then you can use Wazoo. You can you use could. Butch. You can, like, you can actually use... You don't have to... It doesn't have to be like a wink wink right. nudge right. name so i would right. want that in there like I, I i would just like it would just be like like um like it'd be cool if like during fresh hop season we had a wazoo wet hop like i, I definitely think wazoo should yes. be in the name yes somewhere yep like it, that that would be that would be great i'm trying to think of a beer style that starts with the w <laughs> wit beer it's failing me but um <laughs> Wait, maybe a Wazoo Wild Ale. Like, Wazoo be like Whip Beer. Wazoo Whip Beer. Yeah, that'd be cool. Waz- Actually, a Whip Beer probably yeah. would be a pretty good style because it's light yeah, and yeah. a lot of people drink it because a lot yeah. of people drink Blue Moon. It's like, hey, you like the yeah, Blue Moon? Yeah. Have a Whip Beer. Um, also, a style that could use a bit of a renaissance. You know, I liked my Allagash Wits back yeah. when I lived in the yeah. Northeast. I would love if we said a little wit. Yeah, let's say, you know, a Wazoo Wit. Um, you know, you could do... Uh, I don't know what else could you reference. Oh. I, I, you so know. like maybe like prominent landmarks, you know, around campus could be ways to do it. Um, like you could have like, wait wait you could you have, have you could have, have, have like a the, the French ad saison. <laughs> yeah, or the the big blue heart. <laughs> uh blueberry wild ale or something oh we need to rebrand the blueberry pucker that that they that paradise creek does the huckleberry Huckleberry pucker yeah but it's like you know the the blue heart i don't know blue huckle but but the blue heart would actually just be like one of those beers that has a bunch of shit (laughs) it's like random like it'd be like blueberries but it would have like graham crackers and vanilla and and, we would need great like notion human, to make that for like us. That, that's where we would contract that yes, out to great yeah, notion. Yeah, would be a great notion. <laughs> which they did. They did a uh, they did a, an apple cut beer, and they had uh, a dog versus. I can't remember what it was called. It was called like goat local sports or something. It was yeah, yeah. called like sports. sports. Maybe it was just called sports. Um, sports. And then the E nine does E nine does puppies versus kittens yeah. every year. Um, and they, the, the label is like split a crimson and gray and a purple and gold, um, size side. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I'm having trouble coming up with an exact name. I, I, I will say I would like there to be like Wazoo yeah. in there. 
or like Butch's Brew shit. Like that would be kind of boring. Yeah. But, um, but it, I mean, it'd be all right. Yeah, because I guess I'm just trying to think like what's like a great like I don't know like um, like I don't know. Uh, I don't know, man. Like you could have Palouse, like Palouse Sunrise, and just have it be like a you know yeah. have the can art around the um, like Crimson Game. I mean the College Game Day, um, and all that. The flag on it. It'd be really cool to drink a beer that had the actual Cougar logo it would. on the front of that it. Would that would sell pretty, pretty well, cool. I think. I'm very down. Yeah, I'm I'm very down for this. But I mean, if it's officially licensed, well, it's definitely gonna be from like Coors or something. Wines, so this can't be like that out there, right? It's true. They have that Cougar wine. It's literally just yeah. the WSU logo, and no. it doesn't even have and a they name. They just number it by vint uh, by vintage. You know, <laughs> funny if it was just like you know, like they had like yeah. beer beer. Back in the day, so instead of like beer, beer, it's just, yeah, it's just the put the coog head on and it. it like and it's that's just it. the logo on <laughs> the, the beer. <laughs> like it's probably Bush yeah. Light inside, but it's just the, like what if they just sold Bush Light with that would be like that would be it funny. was it was a, you you bought a thirty bomber Bush Light and you opened it and it was just <laughs> just the coog logo on the beer. Yeah, yeah. Or 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 uh, or maybe um, the Coog brings back their horrifically bad yeah. Coog lager, which they tormented <laughs> us with, uh, and they can that. Um, it's bad when you have a bunch of college kids who'll drink anything who are like, "This beer is bad. This is not good." Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I now I'm leaning towards no name of the beer, just the Coog logo on the beer. And it's just like the Coog beer. Everyone just calls it the Coog beer. Like 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 when yep. they had beer beer. Or animal beer. Hams. My dad always called hams like animal yeah. beer. Um so I like that. That's what I that's my that's my final decision. Just the logo and it has no name, and we just all, all right. call it the Coog beer. That works. Or the Wazoo beer. Whatever you want. Uh let's see, okay. Uh let's do last one. At Totes McStos. Uh Talk about the Thorns, Rain, and Timbers Sounders doubleheader in August. I want to go. Should be an amazing environment. Well, guess who's going? You and me. We are. <laughs> As Sounders season ticket holders, we're going to that game. Uh, I think uh, at Totes McStose. And my, and, 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 well, hold on. Let me put my Rain season ticket holder <laughs> hat on for a second. Total uh, bullshit. bullshit. We have to buy tickets for that game? I had tickets Come for on. that game in Cheney. Now, <laughs> now, let me put my Sounders season ticket holder hat on. It's fucking right, awesome. Dude, I got I to go to both games. I got to go to both games with just my one ticket. All right, man. I think your Sounders hat's going to win out. Put my rain hat back on. What? I don't I don't get unlimited beer with my ticket that I get at the rain match? Yeah. Uh, seriously, though, it's going to be an awesome day. That's going to be so, so, so much fun. Uh, yeah. I think uh, at Totes Mixtos, uh, I believe is a is a Portland fan. So, good luck with that, buddy. I hope you sit in the top row. No, I'm just I'm just kidding. Stay, stay home. Stay home. But no, like if if you go, let's meet up and have a beer. Flat flat stick pub. Classic pub. 
<laughs> we'll meet up. We'll have a beer. And and we promise not to be too mean. I've seen Timbers fans yeah. in there before. It's not it's not like going to fuel or something. You're not gonna get beat up or anything. So Flat Stick's a nice place. Except by <laughs> me. Um Yeah, no, it's yeah. gonna be awesome. So for people who don't know have any idea what we're talking about, uh the NWSL teams of uh the greater Seattle area and Portland are playing a game at Lumen Field, uh, and then right after that, the Sounders and the Portland Timbers are going to play a game at Lumen Field. Um, it's going to be an epic doubleheader, and your one Sounders ticket gets you into both games. So we are we are fairly excited for for going to those games. Uh, me in particular, you know, as as someone who is not a rain season ticket holder like you are, um, I'm I'm super stoked to to get to watch them in in a uh, not not just like watch them, but like watch them in a what will be a, I, I assume a pretty electric environment. Um, and then we'll get to see Morgan Weaver and we'll get to yell go oh, yeah. Cougs and then just boo the shit out of her. So it'll be great. Hey, and Ella, Ella Diedrich, who's the like third string keeper yes. on the rain. So who totally will not whatever. play, but um, we can yell go Cougs at her too. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, so we had one more question oh. um, on the defensive transfers and the possibility of a good defensive maybe. backfield. Um, maybe. Obviously, you got Jalen Watson that helps, like lock down one side. I think that helped a lot last year. Um, just having one guy kind of locked down the side. Uh, I, you know, I, I think there is a possibility that the backfield is like uh, if I'm looking at any of the levels of the defense, I feel probably the best about the backfield, uh, defensive backfield. So. Uh, yeah possibility um the transfers yeah they give you some depth they give you some talent i i mean at this point they're piling on so many bodies that you just hope that you can cobble together five guys from all the bodies like our tyron hill or kill for dormant or you know are they or christian jackson you know they were kind of all the same level of athlete coming out of high school that the guys we already have are so maybe they're maybe they can step in um you know maybe alfonso how you say his name alfonso yeah i don't know how to say it but yeah former four-star kid yep maybe he maybe he steps up maybe in his sophomore year um you still got hicks you still got uh langford um, maybe some you know out of out of out of Isom, out of all those kids, they can pull together four that are, you know, we, we know Watson's yep. going to be there, but like the other three, if they can just pull together three others, I think there's a, especially because Watson is the anchor, I think you have a chance to have a decent uh, defensive yeah. back. I mean, obviously they were uh, I mean, unsatisfied. Di- so they are, they've added as many guys yeah. as possible. So. So hopefully you find, like you said, pile on bodies, yep. find, find one. Find one or I mean, two. I think there's a reasonable work. chance. I'm, um, I'm more. I would say I'm sort of along your lines. I'm more concerned about the defensive line than I am about the defensive backfield. They've added so many guys. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, and and like I said, that all the guys they've added tell me that you know they are just they they know that that area needs help. But I feel like they've added so many guys. Like I don't know, man. To add if if they've added that many guys and they are still historically terrible in the backfield that. <laughs> That would really be something. That would really be something. Um, and you already, you just know that the team is going to avoid 
like the you know the guy on the left like yeah. every time yes like, so like yep uh, so man. i think yeah, that so. i think i feel okay that they'll be able to cobble something together there i i am concerned about our uh the interior of our defensive line and the rotation uh at the defensive end positions um you know i think our top two defensive ends are could be, could potentially be very very good um, but, but after that, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little, I mean, we saw, we saw that that was part of what happened last year was, you know, the depth was so, so rough that, um, those guys, you know, got really, really, really tired. And so I, you know, I, th- I think if, you know, maybe, maybe we could do that, but I, I'm, I'm skeptical about our depth on the defensive line. And, um, I'm, I'm much more concerned about that. And I, and I think, you know, if you sit there and look at it and go, well, if that's the case, why aren't they adding defensive linemen? Well, those guys are a lot harder to find. <laughs> like, let's just be real that, you know, guys who can play defensive line are just, they, you know, you, you have a much easier time finding defensive backs than finding defensive linemen. Like that's just, that's just a reality. So I don't know, maybe they just decided, Hey, you know, we can defensive back is a place where we can improve more quickly. And so if we build it from the back to the front, I mean, most coaches would prefer to build from the front to the back, right? You start in the trenches and, you know, build that up. But, you know, maybe this coaching staff said, eh, you know, maybe we just don't really have much of an opportunity to, to, to get better up front in a hurry. So maybe we just try to, you know, nail down the back uh, as quickly as possible, which makes sense given the, you know, the, the pass forward nature of the, of, of football at this point. So, um, I'm a little more worried about the line, but you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm just pessimistic about the defense in general. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe, maybe they will be awesome and surprise me. So I don't know. So I, I have to point out, I, I don't think I said that was from at Mongo Santa Maria at, or yeah. sorry from Mongo Santa Maria at Mongo yes. Maria. Uh, join November 2020 longtime yes. Twitter user. Um, uh, I do enjoy the the last retweet this uh, Twitter user person did was uh, retweeting Mina Kimes with using that uh, that video of the family freaking out and like the mom drinking the martini and like the guy grabbing the boom box and the little girl grabbing the gun out of like, I can't, I forget. I don't even know. I forget even what the context of that was, but it's James Harden upgraded to yeah. questionable. Which I think is it's so yeah. perfect. Uh, that was a really good was, game, by the way. Was. If anyone to watch that tonight, that was uh, Poor Bucks. Uh, a couple of former Sonic. Bucks should have moved to Seattle when they had a chance. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Um, Learn a mid-range jumper, Gianna. Giannis. That guy, Come on. that fucking guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, uh, all right. So thank you, yeah. everyone, who sent us questions. By the way, I don't uh, know about you, but I have been always, like, actually like legitimately shocked by how many questions we get. And good questions, too. Like This, this makes our life uh, a lot easier. Yeah. We, we basically talked like for... 40 minutes about the thing we were going to talk about. And then we talked about an hour for everything else. So that's pretty cool. Um, so uh, again, as always, thank uh, thank you, Randy England at Randy England music on Instagram uh, for our, uh, our, all the music you hear throughout this. Uh, you don't have to listen to me. Uh, try to sing uh, songs I made up in the 30 <laughs> seconds before the uh, show started anymore. Um I know some of the longtime listeners might miss them, and those people are crazy. Uh, so um, 
I am at the Craig Powers on Twitter. Jeff is at Pod VS Everyone. You should subscribe to this if you haven't. You should rate us five stars and leave a comment if you haven't done that. You should tell your yes. kook friends, hey, you got to start listening to this. The summer kook football is coming. You want to be all prepared um, listening to these dudes who drink beer and burp and and uh, talk about football and basketball mostly yeah. uh, all summer. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll get you hyped up for football season. Yeah. Tell your friends um, that we'll probably, I don't know, we'll, pro- we'll probably have some really cool guests uh, coming up yeah. in the next month or so. So I think it'll be it'll yeah. be fun. Or maybe the next two months. I'll say the next two months we'll have some really cool guests. So, um, yeah, it should be fun. Uh, so um, Go Cougs, Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter.